morning, Rotobonders. What's happening? Pete Davidson here on the Rotobon podcast. It's Tuesday, so it's waiver wire day. That was uh, Aretha bringing us in with Don't Let Me Lose This Dream. Seemed fitting since, uh, <laughs> as I said on the waiver wire this morning, I mean, if, if, if you're here listening to this, um, you're either hurting for things to do with your time or you're still alive in the fantasy playoffs. I'm like 99% sure most of you fit in uh, to that second category. So, um, Congratulations, first of all. Um, if you're like me, you probably had a mixed result weekend. Um, I lost, uh, I lost. well, I mean, it depends on how you look at it. I, I lost two teams over the weekend. Uh, one of them was exceedingly painful. Uh, the other one was just, eh, what are you going to do? My team was, was beat up with injuries. Um, in, the, in the Caps pig to um, wild card round, defending my Caps pig to title, which is probably why it was more painful. Uh, I got knocked out. My team had a really good week, but uh, I lost Ryan Griffin on the first series. It's a tight end premium league, and that definitely cost me um, a lot of points and kept me from being really right there. Um, I might have made it if Griffin had played, and that would have been amazing, but you win some, you lose some. Um, I also got knocked out in uh, a, de- uh, a dynasty league that I commissioned, and it was a league where I lost the buy by a half a point uh, and then uh, got knocked out uh, in the wild card. So that was sort of cruel and unusual. Uh, but it's the way it goes, man. You know, what are you going to do? I, I tell you what really sucks for me um, is that my buy teams that weren't playing all got hammered. I lost Evans on two teams. Uh, you know, I lost Josh Jacobs, uh, lost Rashad Penny on two teams. So, you know, didn't really didn't need that. Um, and I'm sure a lot of you folks are in similar situations. Um, I, before I get into this, and, you know, I'm sorry, you might even be able to tell, I'm not. You know, I'm not my usual fired-up self right now. I, I got some rough news. Uh, a friend and someone from the industry this morning. You guys might have seen it in my timeline, but Dr. Roto is somebody uh, who's been a friend um, since the early '90s for me, and we used to compete on the court and off the court in fantasy basketball, fantasy baseball, fantasy football, and um, and in real-life sports. He was a captain of a team. I was a captain of a team. Uh, and we were always button heads. We were always very competitive. We had a lot of spats, um, but also a lot of shared experiences and a lot of good times. And he's a friend. And my heart goes out to him this morning. Dr. Roto, I'm thinking about you. And uh, if anybody out there happens to know um, somebody who might be donating a kidney, uh, obviously, I don't even know why I chuckled there. Uh, please, by all means, get involved in the timeline. Uh, and if any of you, you know, sees that tweet and you can retweet it, even if it's just to a couple people, you never know. Um, the doc is a good guy and uh, he's got he's got young kids and a wife. And um, if there's any way we can help him, I, it would really be great if we could. Uh, anyway, I know that's not what we're here for, but it, it, it's where I'm at. Just wanted to get it off my mind. Um, doc's good people. Um and speaking of good people, I want to thank you guys because last night, uh, excuse me, last week was the biggest donation week we've had. Um, had a couple of big donations, uh, you know, really thanks to you guys. Appreciate it. Uh, had some smaller ones too. And really every single one means something. I, you know, uh, you know, you know, if you guys can only donate a couple bucks, don't worry about it. You know, a couple bucks helps. Anything helps. And even, you know, even if it's an amount that doesn't actually help, uh, it's still nice to know you guys are out there and that you care enough to get involved. So uh, thank you uh, for all the people who've helped out. Thank you for all the people uh, who will be helping out in the future. Um, 
it helps. Uh, so anyway, waiver wire day. Um, you know, we and I've got I've got five teams live this week. So you know, if if I go five for five, I'm going to be partying next week. Now, obviously, um, that's probably unlikely to happen, but it's nice to be in it. Um, and obviously, again, you guys are listening, so you're in it. Uh, so we're going to get to this thing. Um, now, look, as I say in the waiver wire, mostly at this point, we're talking we're in the final four. Our teams are probably pretty strong. We may not really have any needs, and certainly there's a good chance that anything we pick up on the waiver wire is just going to go to the bench just in case, maybe for next week, something like that. But again, as I say every year, and this morning I mentioned it again, you have to start thinking about not your roster, but every every roster remaining. There should be four of them, one that's yours and three others. Now, obviously, the most important thing is the opponent uh, on the radar for this week. Uh, but let's think positive. Assume we're going to win. Look at those two teams you may be facing next week. If one of them has a clear weakness and you have the fab advantage, it may be in your interest, and you have bench space as well, it may be in your interest, as long as, you, as, long as you're not hurting your team, uh, to go ahead and proactively hurt their team. Um, I know some people may feel like that's sort of a dirty way to play. Um, it's really not. It's called trying to win. Uh, and people will do it to you. <laughs> so don't think they won't. Uh, I do it all the time. It's not personal. It's just the way the game goes. I know that Doug Eddy uh, is in a league with me. Doug's a really strong player, the fantasy father. Uh, and he's got a money edge on me in uh, the Beantown Brawl this week. And I have Josh Jacobs. Um, and Washington is out there. I didn't have a place to stash him last week. I got involved in other things. I should have stashed him right before lineup lock, but I was busy with DFS and answering a lot of your questions, you lousy bastards, Um, and I didn't get around to getting Washington for free when I should have, Uh, and now I'm probably going to get outbid for his services this week because I don't have the fab. Um, That's the way it goes, you know. Um, and when Doug does pull that power move on me, even though he doesn't need Washington at all, uh, it's just good business to keep him away from me. Um, and that's the way it goes, you know. It's uh, nothing wrong. He's not going to be doing the wrong thing. It's not personal. It's just uh, it's just trying to win. It's what we're all supposed to do. Okay, so sorry for the long windup. Uh, we're going to get into the positions. Uh, I am, you know, the, the waiver wire uh, will be up soon on Rotobon. It'll go up when I put this podcast up uh, around noon. Uh, and I will be, you know, adding, you know, it was a pretty long waiver wire this morning, but I will be adding to it as always. Uh, I have a game tonight. I'll be leaving at about 5.30. After that, I probably won't be around. So if you have any key questions for tonight, please try to get them to me in the afternoon. That'll help in terms of getting you a response. Uh, for those of you who have Wednesday free agency, I will be around tomorrow morning. So no problem there. If you got questions, just shoot them at me on Twitter. Okay, let's get into this thing. Let's talk some quarterbacks. Uh, first up in the docket is Mr. Tannehill, uh, who, you know, was on my uh, short list of guys I was using in daily last week, but I talked myself out of him, uh, probably because it felt sort of folsy, like <laughs> from the week before when I, you know, was taken to the woodshed by Foles uh, in my GPPs. Um, obviously, Tannehill and Foles are very different, but it just felt similar. Uh, so I ended up not having a whole lot of Foles, just a little bit, um, and luckily. Air quote. Luckily, uh, I had Mike Evans and Devontae Parker in that lineup, so it got buried anyway. Um, so, onward and upward, let's not talk about uh, DFS, even though I actually had a decent week. Uh, I hope you guys did too. I think most of our stuff last week was good, by the way. Um, 
the Bilal Powell stuff broke after the podcast, but we talked about him on the podcast, and I think most of you guys uh, were quick on the uptake there, so I'm sure most of you guys got him in. Um, but again, back to seasonal and these quarterbacks. Obviously, Tannehill's a good solid pickup. Um, you know, uh, he's got the Texans this week. We like that matchup. Saints next week. We don't like that matchup, although certainly the 49ers didn't have a problem with it. Uh, I think the Saints will revert back to being good, though. Uh, still, Tannehill looking playable uh, over the next couple weeks. Uh, Eli Manning, you know, <laughs> look, I know some of you guys simply won't pick him up because he's Eli Manning, and I get it. But uh, look, he looked. Pretty damn good last night. He looked rested, um, and he was really, you know, the plays that didn't connect for the Giants, a lot of them were really good throws. Uh, uh, some of them were defensive plays or a couple drops, but uh, Eli Manning, you know, didn't look like a problem to me, and uh, obviously the Giants, as we've been talking about um Really, over the last five weeks, we've been talking about picking up Giants for the playoffs. Uh, nothing's changed in that regard. They're getting the Dolphins this week and the Redskins next week. Uh, excuse me, I like to say Washington, not not the team name. That slipped. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, the Giants really, I think, are all great pickups. Um, so, you know, look, it may feel filthy, you may feel gross, uh, but Eli is a player this week. If you're in jam, uh, he could really help you. Uh, now, let's talk about Drew Locke. Uh, and I didn't just put him on the waiver wire because I have a lot of Dynasty uh, shares. Um, and, and look, I, you can see the big fat smile on my face right now. It was nice to see Locke uh, have a huge game uh, after having a solid game uh, because obviously, you know, preseason didn't look too good and then we had the injuries. Um, but, you know, Locke could be a guy right now in two QB dynasty, uh, even single QB dynasty, to, you know, take some offers on him. Uh, his value right now is pretty high. So, uh, you know, something to consider at least. Find out if somebody out there is desperate, willing to pay you a price where you'd be comfortable even if Locke plays well going forward. Uh, something worth uh, considering. And, you know, holding on to Locke is also certainly worth considering. There's some really good young weapons uh, in that offense. Now, as far as rest of the season, he's on the list simply because he's a new guy who's popping up who's incredibly unowned. Uh, and in certain situations, if you're just desperate for some reason, if you're in a super flex league and you've got injury issues or whatever, uh, Locke is a guy who might be able to help you out. Um, okay, let me see. Are there any guys we might add to the late wire? Um, I'm going to go through... Um, the ownership rates on some of these guys, and if they're under 50, I'll probably toss them on the wire, like Garoppolo. Um, eh, Baker, I think Baker's one. i got to look at the ownership rates on him. Um, certainly Fitzpatrick is viable at the Giants. That matchup is, is pretty good. So there's quarterbacks out there if you need them. Uh, obviously, I think most of the teams uh, playing this weekend probably have pretty good solid quarterback situations. Uh, and, and, you know, the one caveat is we do have this uh, Lamar Jackson situation. It's a quad. Uh, I've had a lot of quads in my life. Um, I, you know, I've never had a quad that was so severe that it really kept me from playing anything. Now, and they're saying his is not severe. Um, I mean, he was limited at practice yesterday. So, you know, I mean, conceivably, it could be a downgrade for him. Conceivably, he may run less. But if he even runs five times against the Jets, that's probably all he's going to need. Uh, so, you know, look, I think Lamar Jackson owners are going to be fine. I think they're going to start him against the Jets. I think the Ravens, unless they feel like they're taking some kind of huge chance, are going to put this guy out there. Because, look, can they beat the Jets, uh, you know, with some of their backups? Oh, yeah. They could probably beat the Jets with 
you know, almost all backups, but not at the quarterback position. You put in RG3, everything changes. Um, because RG3 has never been the same dynamic athlete after the second ACL. I mean, uh, you know, I think a lot, of, a lot of people talk about RG3 like he's a bust. I mean, on some level, that that is probably true. Uh, but I think the more accurate way to describe what happened to him is that um, his high-end athleticism was taken away from him due to injury, never got it back. Uh, and without that high-end athleticism, he didn't have the QB ability to be an NFL starter. Um, you know, so, you know, at this point, he may in some ways be like Lamar Jackson, but the truth of the matter is it's a huge downgrade. And I think the Jets could beat the Ravens uh, if they show up with RG3 at quarterback. So um, I think the Ravens are smart enough to realize that. Uh, and I think they will play Lamar Jackson unless unless he is at significant risk due to this quad thing, which which I really doubt. But having all you know all of that said, we don't know. Um, so we're going to do our due diligence, have the best options for you uh, on the final waiver wire tonight. Uh, let's get over and talk about some running backs. Now, the guy at the top of my list is Raheem Mostert because he's running really well. He's part of an exceedingly good running game. Um, I just don't see him being demoted anytime soon. Um, it, it just doesn't make much sense. I mean, Shanahan tends to run a meritocracy, and this guy's leading it along with Breida, who's now back healthy. You know, why Breida got so few carries last week? I don't know, but uh, I don't. Th- I you know I think Breida he got like five or six. Uh, Coleman only got a couple. I think Breida is going to move up towards ten next week with Mostert staying in the same area. Uh, I think they're going to be the two lead backs as long as they stay healthy. Uh, and both of them are really good, solid high end flex plays or low end RB twos the rest of the way. Uh, now going to the next guy, DeAndre Washington, Raiders. Now obviously Washington is more of a contingency play. Uh, we don't know. Uh, what's going to happen with Jacobs. Now, logically, the Raiders are, you know, not really a playoff team at this point. Uh, I think mathematically they may have some windows, but realistically they don't. Um, Going from, just going off the top of my head there, I I could be wrong. Um, But the bottom line is, with this Jacobs thing, it's really easy to go, oh, well, he's a very important young player. He's got this injury. They're just going to shut him down. But he's had this injury for weeks, and they let him play with it. So last week, for whatever reason, they decided not to let him let him go. Um, but this is an injury he's been playing with. So I don't know what the risk factors are. I think that's probably going to be the determining factor. Um, but I do think there's a reasonably good chance that uh, if Jacobs can show them that he's where he was two weeks ago, they might give him another game or two. So uh, this thing's up in the air. I wouldn't just assume that Washington's going to be the starting back this week, which is why I have Washington under Mostert. I know I'm getting a good player that I can use this week in Mostert. I think I'm getting a good player that I can use this week in Washington. Uh, you do with what you, know, what you want with that, uh, but that's why I have them ordered uh, the way I have them ordered. And clearly I would take Washington over. Richard. I felt that way before last week, but uh, I think obviously now I just always preferred Washington as a runner. Um, Adrian Peterson now is the guy. I mean, uh, Geis is done. Uh, Luckily, it's not a major knee injury, uh, but it's definitely going to end his season. Um, So Peterson's going to be the early down back, and obviously uh, CT will be the passing down back. Uh, That makes both of them good ads uh, in all kinds of formats. Obviously, Peterson's value uh, leans more towards you know non-PPR, uh, where Watt, um, where Chris Thompson's value really is mostly in PPR only. Uh, actually, uh, sorry, let me back that up. I, I, I you know, is Thompson 
a worthy add in a non-PPR league, maybe if it's a big enough league and you're desperate enough, but uh, clearly he gets a lot more value when you're getting a point for those receptions. Uh, Patrick Laird, you know, I enjoyed the whole funny thing a couple weeks ago and you know, whatever. Laird's okay. He's not not, not a big-time talent, but he is going to be getting uh, 50% of the juice or more. Uh, he does catch passes. So in full PPR, um, as a flex or an emergency second running back, he might be able to help you. Uh, I think Boston Scott, the next guy up, actually has more upside. Now, you guys, anybody who's been on Rotobahn for a while knows that I am a pretty big fan of Boston Scott. Um, I love the way he runs. I think he's sudden. Uh, I've mentioned it. I mentioned it in the thing. He reminds me of like a, a slower version of MJD. Um, and I, I'd i be surprised if he was not a significant factor moving forward. Now, if they, I don't know if they're going to take him and put him at the top of the pecking order. Uh, that might be a bit of a long putt. But I think, you know, if you're in a 12-team league with some bench space, I would be getting Boston Scott on my roster this week because you know what? If you don't and your opponent does and he happens to grab the whole gig this week and he's being projected as a 20-touch back going into week 16, you're going to be kicking yourself. So, you know, I would deal with Boston Scott this week, whether you want to get him on your team in case you want to use him or you just want to get him on your team to keep him away from other people. He's a guy to look at, especially in deep leagues. Um, where one player can sort of change the whole face of everything, you know. Um, let me see. Any other running backs um, that we want to talk about in terms of guys who I may add uh, to the later wire? Uh, uh, Bo Scarborough, I want to check his ownership rates. He may be on there. Uh, he's obviously in that Peterson area. Uh, you know, both of the Jets backs, uh, if they're available, I think Powell's probably over 50% at this point, but, um, you know, Lev Bell had the flu, so he's probably going to return. Um, obviously, we'll put in the, the high-end handcuffs as, as we've done. Um, that's pretty much it for guys who really pop. I'll see if I can find some more guys just to give some ideas. Um, you know, But, hey, who are we kidding? Most of the people who are playing this week have good teams. You're probably not real desperate, um, and you're going to be going after this low-hanging fruit. Um, that's really going to be the priority stuff. Uh, let's talk about some receivers. So at receiver... Uh, Zach Paschal tops the list. Um, I'll definitely be adding more receivers uh, to the final wire. We'll just sort of go through these guys that we have on here. Um, you know, I did I, you know, not to look, did I put them on or not? Um, yeah, I mean, we'll definitely be adding, like, for deep leagues, uh, Brashad Perryman. I think Alan Hearns is a guy we need to look at. Um, let me see. Um, Russell Gage. Unfortunately, with the Ridley situation, uh, Isaiah Ford with the uh, um, with the Parker situation, uh, uh, um, you know, really deep leagues, Justin Watson, something like that, um, and uh, let me see, Deontay Johnson, I think, is a guy we'll be adding for sure. I don't, I didn't put him on the EEI thing. Uh, Chris Conley's a guy we're going to have to look at. Um, for sure. So, you know, there's a lot of receivers that are going to be out there this week. Um, you know, absolutely. If you guys have questions, hit me this afternoon. If there's a guy that I don't mention that's on your wire, you're wondering about, let me know. I'll tell you exactly what I think about him. Um, but let's just quickly run through these guys that are, uh, 
that are sort of high priority. Uh, Pascal, obviously, unless T.Y. Hilton returns, which is just it just doesn't feel like it's happening. They haven't given us any positive uh, vibes on Hilton in a while. So uh, even if Hilton does return, I think Pascal's like the co-number one his first week back. So, you know, Pascal's a good player for this week, I think, in almost any scenario. Uh, he played 100% of the snaps the last two weeks. So, you know, he's locked in. Um, He's not some great player, but, you know, he's getting volume. You know, he's going to put up some points. Uh, and then, you know, Slayton, uh, you know, look, there's nothing else I need to tell you guys about Slayton. If you don't have him already, you just don't believe me on this one, and that's okay. But he's still playing well. The 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 problem of going to from Jones to Manning, obviously, is no longer something we're worried about since he just had a monster day with Eli. He's got the Dolphins in Washington over the next two weeks. You probably already have him, but if you don't, Go get him. A.J. Brown, Titans, uh, man, you know, whoever I told to not play Brown last week, because I know somebody on the show called in with, like, a good player and Brown, and I said, play, you know, play X, not Brown. I apologize. He ended up having a big game. But, look, this is a guy who popped up midweek with a leg injury, okay? So if you've got a good, you know, two-prong option, I'm always going to take the guy who didn't pop up midweek with the leg. My apologies that he ended up having a really strong day. Uh it's good that he got through that injury. Assuming he practices well this week, he's going to be a good option this weekend uh, in a plus matchup with the Texans. Okay, So A.J. Brown can help you this week as long as he didn't do anything to re-aggravate uh, that injury in such a way uh, that it would keep him up the field this week. So A.J. Brown's an ad. We really like him. Man, could he be a PPR monster uh, in 2020. Uh, Anthony Miller got in the zone last week. Even though his targets were down, I thought he looked really good. He's got a good matchup this week in a game where they're going to have to throw the football. You know, Trubisky can throw three picks in this game, but Miller can score a touchdown and go over 100 yards. Okay, So I love Miller this week. Not quite as much versus the Vikings next week, but still, nice, solid play. Uh, Cole Beasley, um, Scored again. That's three weeks in a row. Uh, we've been talking about why he fits well with Allen. It's proven to be true. Uh, we haven't seen the kind of volume we've wanted, but we've seen plenty of big plays. Uh, if you need help, um, as with you know, at flex or a third receiver this week, uh, Beasley against uh, the Steelers, solid. Uh, Greg Ward. Really looked okay last night. Uh, he almost had a big play, uh, and you know, certainly did you know plenty of things. He's really the only Eagles receiver right now who's healthy. Um, Jeffrey looks like he might be done for the season. Um, Arcega Whiteside was grabbing his hamstring and really, you know, showing some physical pain as he came over to the sideline. Now that could have been a cramp. We're talking about overtime and the way he was moving. It was sort of at the end of the play. It wouldn't surprise me if that ends up being a cramp. But if you get a hamstring cramp. You sometimes get bruising and bleeding, so even if it was just a cramp and not a hamstring, it could still be something that keeps him out this week. So I think Whiteside's a good bet to miss this week. Uh, could play, depending on what that was, but definitely a guy who has a thing. Uh, Jeffrey's thing looked worse. Uh, so both of those guys, I think, are, are sub-50-50 to play this week. Aguilar, obviously, has been dinged up uh, mentally and physically. Uh, so you know, I don't think they're going to suddenly try to put their season on Aguilar this week. Uh, so Ward, really, <laughs> you know, unless I miss my guess, this guy's a 7-8-9 target kind of player in Week 15. Uh, and that's something uh, to get excited about uh, on the waiver wire. Uh, again, we'll add some more receivers. But I think those are the guys I'm really focused on this week, those six players. Um so let's talk some tight end. Now, tight end, I don't think is going to be a problem position this week because I don't think there's any league 
where at least one of these guys aren't going to be available. Uh, so if you have a tight end problem, you should be able to solve it. Obviously, Higby is the easy one. Um, it just went nuts again. He's got a good matchup with, matchup with Dallas this week. No brainer. Just play Higby if you've got him. Uh, Gasecki didn't do anything last week, but he was out there. He looked good. Um, uh, you know, so I, you know, he's got a great matchup this week against the Giants. If you have to put Mike Gasecki in there, you're fine. Uh, OJ Howard is now going to become a bigger factor. There's no way around it. Uh, Mike Evans is going to be out. Um, Brashad Perryman is a deep threat. Uh, so I think OJ Howard is going to have one half of the mid part of the field. And I think he's probably going to see his targets come up. I don't want to play OJ Howard, but given the sit the way the situation is now, I'm no longer afraid to play OJ Howard. That's probably the best way to put it. Uh, Jacob Hollister is a decent play. Um, and he has a great week 16 matchup. So I'd roster Hollister just for week 16. Njoku is like Hollister, but it's this week versus the Cardinals. Now, obviously, Njoku only played about half the snaps last week. He didn't do a whole lot. So there's a little bit of an issue with trust. But this guy's been practicing for several weeks now. It's the matchup. We've seen guys we don't even know who they are go nuts against the Cardinals, okay? So if you're hurting at tight end this week, and you can put in Joku in there. Guess what? You're giving your shot at a big. You're giving yourself a shot at a big game. You know that's sometimes you can't do any better than that. Uh, Ian Thomas, you know, is all going to be about Greg Olson. Um, you know, look, the player may want to get back on the field because you know Greg Olson may be an announcer next year. We don't know. Um, you know, obviously the way he got his bell rung, you really hope he gets right. I would just, if I were him, I just wouldn't play anymore. Just. It's time, but some guys, you know, they're going to want to get their last game in or what have you. So the Olsen thing is sort of up in the air. Um, I mean, if I'm the Panthers, there's no way I let that old man on the field with a, with a recent concussion when I want to see what Ian Thomas can give me anyway. Uh, but we'll see how it shakes out. This is one maybe uh, to just sort of pay attention to it during the week. If you lean on Olsen, you roster Thomas, and you're all set. You're going to play the starter, okay? Um, you know, if you're sort of thinking, well... I don't know if I want to let go of a roster spot for Thomas if he's not going to play. Maybe you just sort of keep tabs on him this week. If nobody else picks him up, you find out that Olsen isn't going to play, you can go quickly at Thomas. You know, do what you think is right. Uh, Noah Fant is something where we just need to keep our heads on a swivel for the rest of the day. At some point, I may be able to, may be able to put some type of update uh, in the late wire uh, if we hear any news. But, you know, he had a foot thing. If he's playing with Locke, that looks like a real combination at this point. So Fant could be a real good play this week if he's healthy, but we don't know. Uh, Hayden Hurst is going to depend pretty much on Mark Andrews. I think everything we hear about Andrews is that he's fine. Um, but, you know, he could be like questionable questionable all week and we don't know. It could be like a game time decision or whatever. If, you just roster, if you're depending on Andrews and you just roster Hayden Hurst, you're set. Because if Andrews doesn't play, Hurst is borderline T1 and you're in good shape. Um, I mean, you saw the play he made last week. Hayden Hurst is a baller. I mean, you know, they've got a lot of tight ends. They play a lot of different guys. Hurst, Hurst was hurt his rookie year. But I'm telling you right now, Hayden Hurst is going to be a player we know about over the next couple of years. He is a good football player. Fundamentally sound, good blocker, good route runner, good hands. And did you see him finish that long touchdown? I'm telling you, this guy's a player. Um, you know, now for fantasy, with Andrews around, who knows what his fantasy value will be. But Hayden Hurst can play. Anyway, um, that's going to do it for the names we're talking about on the pod. Uh, I'm going to basically be spending the next three to four hours just going through and, and picking out a handful of guys we want to add uh, to the late wire, uh, and then we'll be done. So please hit me up if you have questions. Again, I'll be around tomorrow morning. Um, we're going to have a full week here at Rotobon. We're going to have lineup rankings on Thursday. We're going to do all of our DFS stuff. We'll have a podcast on Saturday. I'll have my WEI article over the weekend. 
Jimmy, Jimmy and I will do a podcast on Friday and a live show Sunday morning. So lots of stuff coming up. Really excited that uh, we had so many people in the playoffs last week. I can't wait to see the numbers from this podcast. I really hope that they're at least close to last week's numbers. I hope a lot of you guys made it through. Um, but with that, get your bids in. Be aggressive. Do not be a fat cat. Don't take this week off. Make sure you get the best things off the wire. So even if you don't use them, they can't be used against you. And we're going to keep grinding here at Rotobon to make sure everything works out for you guys. So um, we'll have all the usual content this week. I'll be around all week if you got questions. And we're going to be right back here next week with a Week 16 waiver wire. And hopefully everybody listening to this will be listening to that. Giddy up. See you later.